I heard a wise person say years ago, your gifts may get you to the top, but they won't keep you there. As the years have gone on, I have watched a lot of other leaders rise through the ranks. I have seen an interesting pattern. The more gifted we are, the more talented we are, the greater our education, the more the tendency there is to rely on those skill sets to lead, not our hearts. Those gifts will carry us for a while, but sooner or later there comes a reckoning. And if that reckoning does not come, neither will truly great leadership. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. If you desire to learn to be a better leader, this podcast is for you. I promise to give you practical leadership tips you can use right away. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to this podcast, Podcast 72. Uh, this is the last letter in the word leadership and the letter P. Today, the letter P is brought to you by actually an interesting word, the power of pride, the power of pride. How many leaders have fallen because of the power of pride? I'm going to have you meet Richard, a young leader that had to learn some tough lessons as his day of reckoning came. I'm actually going to split this podcast into two podcasts because it's uh, the finale of this 10-part series, Learn to Lead, 10 Essential Skills Every New Leader Should Master. And I just think this topic is so important, and I have so much material on the letter P and pride. I've just decided to split it into two shows for you. So let's start by talking about the mistake of focusing on your gifting. You know, there's nothing wrong with gifting, but the mistake can be to focus only on your gifting. I'd like you to meet Richard. Perhaps you can relate to his early failure as a budding leader. Richard is young, sharp, tall, gifted, and has a lot of natural charisma. Growing up, he always fell naturally into leadership. Now as a young adult and committed to Christ, he aspires to be a leader for God. Richard feels that God endowed him with a lot of natural leadership ability, so he honed them by graduating from college and then going on through graduate school. He graduated from a premier seminary and is now at the end of his second year of his first assignment in ministry. Things were going great for a while. Richard became the team leader for a new ministry that was born out of great vision. It was a position he was given as an assignment by those who began the new enterprise. You might say he became the leader of a ministry startup. Richard was getting a lot done and even published a book as a young adult author before he was 30. He was feeling really great about his career and all his early success. Or so he thought, until it all came crashing down around him one day. During the annual business meeting of the ministry team, at the end of the second year, Richard was deselected as the leader by his colleagues. You might say he was voted off the leadership island. Someone else from his team was put in his place. He was devastated because he really thought he was God's gift to the world and certainly to his team. He did not see this vote of no confidence coming at all. 
when he picked himself up off the floor and finished licking his wounds, he asked a few of his colleagues just what happened. Here's what they said, quote, You don't really care about us, Richard. You only care about your agenda and getting your tasks done. We want a leader who has a heart and pastors us like a shepherd. Ouch. That really hurt. Badly. It was painful. And it was true. The reason I know this story so well is that it happened to me. Richard is really Hans. The person I described was me as a young man in my 20s as a new leader. My own team cast me aside and sent me to the backside of the desert to learn some painful lessons. I came to fully appreciate that people really don't care how much you know or do until they really know how much you care about them. I don't know how gifted you are. But I have seen that the more you have going for yourself naturally, the more that pride can get in the way of genuine success. I had to learn the same leadership lesson that Moses had to learn in Egypt after he tried to rescue his own people in his own strength. They rejected him outright. Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. That's from Exodus chapter 2, verse 14. He fled to the desert, and over the next 40 years, God took the pride and arrogance completely out of him. I love the summary that D.L. Moody says about the entire story of Moses. It's a great summary. D.L. Moody said, Moses spent his first 40 years thinking he was somebody. He spent his second 40 years learning that he was a nobody. He spent his third 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. That's actually taken from Chuck Swindoll's uh, great book on Moses, Moses, a Man of Selfless Dedication. That's Thomas Nelson, 1999. You could call it youthful arrogance, overconfidence, egotism, haughtiness, or just plain pride but it affects a lot of gifted leaders just starting out. New leaders, just like Moses, often make the mistake of leading with their own natural talent, personality, gifting, and smarts. They lead with their heads, not with their hearts. I was arrogantly full of myself, not humbly full of God. I heard a wise person say years ago, your gifts may get you to the top, but they won't keep you there. As the years have gone on and I've watched a lot of other leaders rise through the ranks, I've seen an interesting pattern. The more gifted we are, the more talented we are, the greater our education, the more there is a tendency to rely on those skill sets to lead, not our hearts and our character and out of humility. Those gifts will carry us for a while, but sooner or later, there comes a day of reckoning. And if that reckoning does not come, neither will truly great leadership. That story of Richard happened to me over 30 years ago. Have you ever worked under a domineering leader that has this kind of an ego problem? I have. In their lack of humility, they make life miserable for those under them because they are horrible listeners and tend to be control freaks. 
These leaders have all the answers, so why ask any questions? They act like they're better at everything than those that work for them. I have a good buddy out in California. I won't mention your name, but you're one of my faithful listeners, and you were telling me about uh, the other day when a group of the executives came from the home office for a roundtable discussion and pulled you all into a room and listened to you share about... um, what your concerns were for the company. And you had a lot of concerns, and every single concern was shot down. And those guys left and flew back to the home office, and you told me that you and your team were completely dejected. That's what I call prideful leadership, lack of listening, control freak. It's everybody else's fault. It's everybody else's problem. But we, the leaders, are perfect. Could you do me a favor? Could you send me one of your favorite leadership quotes? I'll try to feature it on a future show. You can just go to hansfinzel.com backslash quotes. And if you've not subscribed to my email, I'd love to have you do so. I don't send a lot of stuff, just the summary of each new podcast, a reminder that it's coming out, what it's about. And you probably figured that out if you are on my list that you get an email from me every couple of weeks. I don't send too much, just enough to keep you going and to give you the good stuff that I find along my journey for your journey. And also, if you like the show, man, you know, I really, really appreciate you listening. Just the fact that you're tuning in. There's so many other great shows you could listen to. And thank you for listening to this show. I'm here because of you and I'm here for you. If you love the show, could you tweet about it? Just go to hansfenzel.com backslash love it. And I have a pre-prepared tweet that you can shoot out there to your Twitter followers. Thanks so much. Somewhere between the time Moses was 40 and 80, he had a leadership conversion. He became humble, and through that conversion, God gave him powerful leadership credibility. In fact, the Bible says that he eventually became, quote, the most humble man on the face of the earth, Numbers 12.3, end of quote. I don't think I could have endured 40 years of obscurity in the desert like he experienced, but he had a lot of prideful Egyptian arrogance that he had to get out of his system. After all, he was very gifted, and he was raised in Pharaoh's household. And it says in the book of Acts 7.22, he was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. You know what I'd say? I'd say he had a lot going for himself and a lot that God had to break in him uh, so that he could use that education and use that gifting out of the abundance and power of humility. In his youthful zeal, Moses failed as he had tried to lead by his own sheer strength of position and personality. But when he was 80, he was fully prepared to lead with strength bathed in humility. Aren't you glad we don't have to wait till we're 80? His confidence was no longer in his gifting. In fact, he told God at the burning bush that God had the wrong man. At 40, he was ready to lead. At 80, he became a reluctant leader. 
As he was being summoned for the leadership challenge of a lifetime, he told God that he had no gifting. Exodus 4.10, Master, please, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words, neither before nor after you spoke to me. I stutter and stammer. You know the number one fear that people have is public speaking? (laughs) And I don't think he had any fear when he was 40 about getting up in front of an audience, but when he was 80, he was terrified. We know that this is not true because of what is said of him in the book of Acts. In Acts 7.22, it says, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. So you know what happened? The pride just went out of his system, and in humility, he became an effective, reluctant leader. I always say that reluctant leaders make the best leaders, and the worst kind of leaders are the leaders that are filled with pride, who want to lead for all the wrong reasons. I've also worked under humble leaders in my career. I mentioned that I've worked for prideful leaders. I've also worked under some amazing humble leaders in my career. What a delight. People love following humble leaders who lead with passion, with their hearts out front for all to see. It reminds me of uh, Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, where he studied all these companies. You know the red book. Everybody's read the Good to Great book. Uh, where he studied what differentiates good companies from great companies and how do you make a good company a great company or a good ministry a great one. And one of the characteristics of great organizations is humble leadership. He calls it level five leadership. It is bathed in humility. It doesn't mean that you don't have tremendous capabilities and gifting and education and talent but you're operating from a place of humility, not pride. The power of pride is deadly. Trust is built between leaders and followers heart to heart. People follow leaders who are in touch with their hearts. There is some sort of magnetic loyalty that grows in followers who respond to humble leaders who lead with a passionate shepherd's heart. This is not to say that they cannot be men and women of great gifting and ability, but they don't overpower people with their talent. They listen and they learn and they lead out of humility. Well, I've got a lot more to say, and I'm going to go ahead and wait until the next podcast to finish up this um, letter P, the power of pride. Here's what I'm going to do next as I launch into the second Uh, in this two-part series on the power of pride, the P in leadership, the very last letter, I'm going to entertain the question of why should people follow you? Of all the reasons why people should follow you, what means the most to you? They follow me because I'm the boss. They follow me because they have to. They follow me because I pay them well. They follow me because they like where I'm taking them. Or they follow me because they respect me and trust me. Hey, thanks for listening today. See you next time on the Leadership Answer Man. 
This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.